So I ran out because Bill just changed the beginning of my sermon. So in case you didn't know, oh, the places you'll go. Here it is, the waiting place where you're just in lines. And if you're 70 years old, you said 70, it's three years. If you, it's three years. So if you're seven, that's a third of a year. That's a quarter. So if you're seven, you've already spent four months waiting. Unless you front load that time and you start to do that. But when you're in this place, when... Yeah, it, it feels like an epic, an epoch. That's the correct way to pronounce that, right? An epoch. Um, but the, when we're in a place like this, the text this morning that I'm in in Isaiah has the language that starts the prayer of what it's like when you're in this place and you've been set aside for a while and maybe you're not in the most profitable place in the whole world. Like, like I like this long line that goes over the hill, comes down around here to the outhouse. <laughs> right? This is, that is the essence of being set aside or, or waiting for a phone where the cord is disconnected. Because you know... In the old way, it had to be connected for the phone to work. It's not the new way, but it's the old way. But what is the language that the Bible uses when you're in sort of that place? What is the prayer that the people of God use when they do that? It's called this. Are you ready? Um, why don't we do this? We just read this together. I'll do this in a different order than I had planned. If you will turn to Isaiah 64, that is page 1150 in your pew Bible. Isaiah 64. And I'm going to read the first one here, the first couple of verses out of, out of the Bible, out of the pew Bible, and then I'll read it in another one as well, okay? So here it is. Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. And, and if you did that, how the mountains would quake in your presence. Now, you might have a different translation. Oh, Lord, that you would rend the heavens. Or as Eugene Peterson would say, oh, that you would rip open the heavens and descend and make the mountains shudder at your presence. This is the language, if you will, of the end of the world as you know it. And everywhere you see language like this in the Bible, they're essentially talking about the end of the world as you know it. Here's my example. Now, you don't have to flip to this, but this is in Mark 16, and it's on page 1569, or Mark 15, at noon... Darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. And then at three o'clock, Jesus cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, why have you forsaken me? But why did darkness fall at that moment? Do you know which moment we're talking about? This is the crucifixion of Jesus. Because the crucifixion of Jesus 
is the end of the world as you know it. Now, I get this on really good authority. And if I go to the Exodus and you have days and nights of blackness in the plagues and all of that, that is also the end of the world as they knew it. Or if we go to First, Second Thessalonians, where it says, all the heavens pass away with resounding fire and it's the end of everything as you know it, which means not necessarily terrifying cataclysmic disaster unless you don't know Jesus, in which case Jesus coming and rending the heavens would be a terrifying cataclysmic disaster. But if you do know him, it maybe might not be so terrifying. But let's read the text and we'll get to this. I'm going to back up in Isaiah just a little bit so you'll know exactly where the text comes from and the waiting place that the people are in. So I'm going to start in verse 15 of Isaiah 63. And it says, Lord, look down from heaven from your holy, glorious home and see us. Where is the passion and the might that you used to show on our behalf? Where are your mercy and compassion now? Surely you are still the father, even if Abraham and Jacob would disown us. Have you heard that language from the Bible before? When, have you ever heard the thought or it's ever, man, if, I, if this is faith and this is the way we behave, Abraham and Jacob would disown us if we behave that way. Now, I couldn't understand Abraham, the father of faith, but Jacob, he was a sneaky dude. (laughs) He was always working. He was a tail catcher. He was a tail grabber, always working for his advantage. What would you have to be like for Jacob to disown you? As we keep going, Lord, you would still be our father. You are our redeemer from ages past. Why have you allowed us to turn from your path? Why have you given us stubborn hearts so we no longer fear you? Return and help us, for we are your servants, the tribes that are so special, your special possession. How briefly your holy people possessed your holy place, and now our enemies have destroyed it. Sometimes it seems as though we never belong to you, as though we had never been known as your people. Is that the waiting place? That is the long line going nowhere. And now the verse starts. Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. How the mountains would quake in your presence as fire causes wood to burn and water to boil. Your coming would make the nations tremble when your enemies would learn the reason for your fame. It's the end of the world as we know it. Because if he would do that, everybody around would notice and the change would have to happen, yes? If this were the truth, if the Lord came down and made himself known, you would think that the world, everybody that saw it, would have to change. Now, for those of you in my Tuesday night Bible study, you would think, how did we get on this again? 
I want you to know that I picked the scripture in January, not knowing that I was even going to study Romans and that we'd be on hardness of heart or in in the Tuesday night Bible study that we'd be in Hebrews on hardness of heart and bitterness and the people that saw the exodus, right? The very people that God came down from heaven and interrupted every single part of their universe within three months were going, it would have really been better if he just left us in Egypt. So you'd think that the end of the world as you know it would change you forever. But you have to let it sink in. Here it is some more, okay? Since the world began, let's see, I started a verse late. When you came down long ago, you did awesome deeds beyond our highest expectations. That's the Exodus. And how the mountains quaked, right? The world changed. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you, who works for those who wait for him. You welcome those who gladly do good, who follow godly ways, but you've been angry with us, for we are not godly, and we are constant sinners. How can people like us be saved? We are infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. See, we're back in the waiting place, aren't we? Has the world changed? If you're in this spot and you're withering and swept away by the wind, has the world changed for you the way that it should have for the people of Israel in Egypt, when they, when, they were, when they were brought out of Egypt, you would have thought, just put yourself in that spot for a second. Just, just go back in there. You've been a slave for your whole life, and God comes down, and through 10 plagues and splitting of the Red Sea and all of that, and you're going through there. Now, I just want to touch a little bit on who you think you are for just a moment. Do you think within three months you've been going, ah, that was really no big deal? I'd, I'd be better than that. I wouldn't be bitter against the Lord that fast. It's the same thing that happens in us and we were, when we say to ourselves, you know, if I'd have been a disciple at the Garden of Gethsemane, I wouldn't have run away. Or if I'd only been there with Jesus, I'd have understood this really well. But the disciples didn't understand it. What is it going to take to change the world as you know it? We are swept away, and yet no one calls on your name or pleads for mercy. Therefore, you've turned away and turned us over to our sins. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. And here's the verse that's right out of last week's sermon, right? We are the clay and you are the potter. We are formed by your hand. Do you remember last week in Romans when it said, and if the pot is marred, doesn't the Lord have the right to reshape the pot? 
So what it's going to take, the verse is starting to talk about what it's going to take to change the world as you know it. Because if you're a clay pot and you're infected, I mean, pretty, pretty, um, we are constant sinners. Let's see, we are infected, we are constant, impure, we are filthy. This is the language, we are swept away. If we are going to be changed, as we know it, then, then what's going to have to happen is this, is we are going to have to submit ourselves to the potter and be reformed. Are you willing to be reformed? Are you willing to let the world change as you know it? Because that's what that means. So everywhere in the Bible where the, where the, where the skies go black and the earth quake and all of those things, what they're talking about is recognizing that you're not the Lord of everything on the earth, but the Lord of everything else, Lord of the earth. When he shows up, the world should, must, will change as we know it. Yes? Okay. Just making sure that I'm speaking English this morning. <laughs> Let no one, yet no one calls on your name or pleads for mercy. Therefore, you have turned away. Look, he doesn't turn away because we're calling out for help. He doesn't turn his back on people calling out for help. What it's saying here is he literally turns his back on those that say, no, I don't want none of that. Or in the book, or in the book of the places you'll go. I know this book. I, I can do this from memory better than I can find it. I know this because this was one of our kids' favorites, favorite books. Oh, the places you'll go. You'll go all these places, except for when you don't. Right? Do, do you understand there's this line in this book? You'll be a world beater, except for when you don't. Here, here it is. You'll be on your way up. You'll be seeing great sights. You'll join the high flyers to the highest of heights. You won't lag behind because you'll have the speed. You'll pass the whole gang and you'll soon take the lead. Wherever you fly, you'll be the best of the best. And wherever you go, you'll be the top of all the rest. Except for when you don't. Because sometimes you won't. I'm sorry to say it's sad and it's true that bang-ups and hang-ups can happen to you. But what happens in the hang-ups and bang-ups? Do you, are you, will you call out to the Lord and say, help? Or will you say, well, you know, I've got these bootstraps that I should be pulling on. Right? Let me pull myself up. See, I have this problem. See, my, my shoes actually do have a strap on the back. But every time I lift it, the, all the leverage I'm using just pulls me down. See, it just see if you don't see the other foot doesn't come up at all. I just remember my dad saying, "Hey, you over there, jump up and don't come down till I tell you to." It doesn't work. There's all these things, so don't be angry with us. We are formed by your front. Please don't remember our sins forever. Let us look at us. We pray 
and see that we are all your people. Your holy cities are destroyed as Zion is a wilderness and Jerusalem is a desert, a desolate ruin. The holy and beautiful temple that our ancestors, where, where our ancestors praised you, has been burned down. And all the things of beauty are destroyed. And after all of this, Lord, must you still refuse to help? Will you continue to be silent and punish us? Well, what is the answer to this kind of silence and punishment from God? What is, what is the scripture saying? Does he turn a deaf ear because, does he turn a deaf ear when we call out to him? Or is it that his deaf ear is, is that we're actually not calling out? We're in this waiting place and we haven't come to the end of us yet. And, and, and what does it mean to be his people but not call out to him? The text has God justifiably angry in that spot, doesn't he? Let me say justifiably angry. If we're called according to his purpose and known by his name, but we quit reaching out and saying help, and we quit calling on him, and we quit receiving his direction, it's just like standing nearby somebody and not listening. And after a while, I don't know if your experience is this. Have you ever stood near somebody and you were talking to them, but you could tell that they were not listening to you? So if you can tell that, do you think the Lord of the all heaven and the universe can hear that in us as well? Do you think that there's a spot where he can literally go, I know that I'm speaking, but I'm pretty sure that I am now an adult in a Charlie Brown cartoon, right? Going wah, 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 wah. And then we don't call out and we think God doesn't hear us. But this is the Sunday of hope. Right? This, is, this is what this really large flame means. Right? Did you see how big it was? It's a wild hope. It's a hope that comes when we actually turn, as the text says, the problem with it, with us in this place, and when we don't have hope, and when we're in a spot where it feels like we're in the waiting place, and we're just waiting, and maybe you haven't done your three years of waiting yet, and it's all going to come at once. That the problem isn't with the Lord. The problem is with us not reaching out to him. But when we reach out, he does rend the heavens. He does change the world as we know it. Would you like your world to change as you know it? Because that's actually the meaning of apocalypse, not that it's a cataclysm. Sorry for those Tuesday nighters that have heard me harp and harp and harp. That 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 the world has taken the world the word apocalypse and turned it into this thing that means that it's the end of everything and we ought to be terribly afraid of it. But what it really means is that we actually see Jesus for who He is, and when we're called and and living towards Him and we pay attention to Him, that's what we see. Is you. 
oh, the Savior is here. Do you think that, that you're going to be terrified and run away from that? No. The example, the reason why the world is so afraid of that is because if you don't know him and he shows up, it would be better for the mountains to fall on you. There'll be no place to hide. Or as Jonah says, I'm going to leave this place and run from the face of the Lord. I'm going to go someplace, and, and there's no running away from him. But you don't need to run away from him. What we need to do if we want or need to know hope, and, and the Lord is coming, his first advent was a soft and gentle change to the world as we know it. But if you won't accept that one, you might get the second coming as your first understanding. Turn now. Let's do that. Let's turn now and not, not just sort of live in a world of unmet expectations that we had, that we sort of thought that God was just going to do it our way or that we would get out of that waiting place or, or that maybe, as my experience has been, that changing lines in the middle, like you're in, there's six lines to go forward that I know how to slow down every line. I just get in it. You too. I'm so sorry. It's the way of it. But our text this morning on hope is literally that the Lord does change the world as we know it and is willing to rend the heavens. But if the heavens feel like brass to you, there might be something else going on. If your prayers just seem to bounce off, perhaps we need to come back to a heart of worship. Perhaps we need to come back and not and not take pride in the stuff that we do, but rather focus on the Lord Jesus and cry out to him for the help that he has. Otherwise, the chances for us to purify ourselves maybe not so good. But he's got the stuff, and that's what Christmas is about. What would you like for Christmas? Perhaps him to rend the heavens and come down and change the world as you know it? Let's pray for that. Lord Jesus, this morning, we, we, we want to take a moment and recognize that you, you are the Lord of heaven and that we are not and we ask that we would turn, that you would help us turn to you and plead out to you and cry out to you and hear your voice, that hearing it, the heavens would be rended and the earth shaken. Because that means our world would change. Please change our world, Lord. Amen.